Good day. I'm Mark Sylvester, your host for this Hacking the Red Circle conversation, where we talk to people in the TEDx world you'll want to know better. The show is designed to learn what it takes to produce, organize, promote, and create a world-class event. If you're an experienced organizer, you'll get some great tips. Veteran organizers share lessons they've learned so that first-timers can avoid common missteps. There are hundreds of amazing people in the TEDx universe, and we talk to a lot of them. If this is your first time to the show, welcome. We produce Hacking the Red Circle every week. You'll want to subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. Now, on with the show. Well, welcome. I today am so happy to be talking with Heather Brunold of TEDx Pasadena. Heather, welcome to the show. Thanks, Mark. Thank you for How having me. How are you? I'm good. You're, you're, off, you're on a little break right now. I mean, I know you're so busy. Uh, by little break, you mean sitting here with you? Yes. Exactly. Not, 30 not minutes little is... break from planning. <laughs> no, I know. I know. Um, so what's, what's your day job? I mean, as much as you might think that TEDx is the day job, what's, what's your mm-hmm. day job? I am an education consultant, so I work with schools to help bridge gaps um, for students and uh, conversations that really matter between uh, students, high schools, parents, colleges. We kind of try to dispel myths in that sphere. How long have you been doing that? Um, well, my entire career has been around that, so oh, wow. 25 years, but um, in the last two years, um, after completing my doctorate, I left the formal four walls of a inst- particular institution and ventured out into uh, being an entrepreneur. So oh, I'm a that. consultant now. Yeah. And so wh- what's, when did you get introduced to TED? How did that work? After I finished my dissertation, I was in a small hiatus and kind of deciding what to do with my life. And um, a very good friend of mine called and said, hey, uh, we're bringing Ted to Pasadena. Uh. You've got all this time on your hands. You want to volunteer? (laughs) (laughs) And so that first year, I just stepped up to help with the curation and um, also oversee the interactive space that we offered. And what Um, was the, um, what year was that? That was 2015. And then what now last year, I believe you ran the show, right? I did. Um, unexpectedly for our community, the founder um, had severe burnout, which is very common. Right. Um, and she kind of tossed her hands up and, and walked away. And we had such a groundswell of enormous momentum surrounding what she began, that there was a lot of heartache about that. And um, through the dialogue and conversations at this particular meeting, I found myself having those kind of stand, you know, hair stands up in the back of your neck feeling like, oh, nuts, I'm going to say I'll do this. Oh, <laughs> I could, so you had a little voice just, in there? Yes. I could just tell that I was going to speak up, which was I don't know still if that was stupidity or glory. I don't know what happened in that moment. But um, I I whispered it, and then it kind of – everyone's like, oh, she said it. She said she'd do it. Oh, fan- fantastic. Now, you did 
TEDx Pasadena Women first, right? Yes. Right. Yeah, that was that was our first year. Um, that we were founded as TEDx Pasadena Women, mm. and I then absorbed that license. This year, um, we went ahead and acquired TEDx Pasadena, as well as TEDx Pasadena Salons. Oh, nice! So you're you're all in. I'm all in. Yeah, I yes. know that's fantastic. <laughs> well, so you've done a couple of TEDx's, but you're this year you'll do uh, women, your main TEDx, and then how many salons do you think you'll do? Three, um, three. The license allows for three. Yeah. Um, and TEDx Pasadena Women hasn't been granted to us yet. It's a yearly. Um, right. As sure. all licenses are, yeah. but TED Women kind of decides each year whether or not they're going to do another TED Women a year later. So we and always what's your kind of role. Think. So that's a group. How many people are on that committee? We have over twelve. Oh, on our committee. Yeah. Um, the I, I have a board of directors that oversees all three licenses, and we have twenty six people on that board. Oh my gosh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Is that good? Or, a, is that good news or bad news? It was a calculated decision. Last year, we only had six, um, oh. and I did that for my benefit, but not for the the six that worked with me's benefit, um, in that it just put an enormous responsibility on one set of shoulders under those umbrellas of curation, program, etc. So this year, I decided rather than risk burning those people out, um, I would sliver up the pie a little more. And this simply means I'm herding more cats, which um, is a challenge. So stay tuned for if this was a good decision. We're going to try <laughs> it this way and see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the, I mean, the, the benefit of you know, having worked with a team once, then doing it yourself once, and then building infrastructure to be able to do it and, exactly. you know, figure that out. What One of the things that's great about TEDx is that there is an established format for what we do, but no one is telling us how to do the various bits. So how we, you know, how we design, how we approach everything is really up to uh, the organizer or a team, you know, the guiding force. And one of the things that I found in these conversations is that people will figure out a way to make their TEDx reflect their community. So what is it about your what what is it that you do that gives us the flavor of Pasadena? Well, being established as TEDx Pasadena Women, we've been mindful to have an all female board of directors, um, and we work very passionately to create collaboration amongst community members. Um, Pasadena is extremely vibrant, diverse. Um, deeply rich with ideas and prospects and all kinds of fabulous um, things that tend to um, operate in pockets where never the two shall meet. And so we have really taken a great joy in building bridges between all of those fabulous communities um, and serving as that mouthpiece for muted voices within each of those communities i love uh, that saying you just said what do, what do you mean mouthpiece for muted voices 
that's something we kind of have made our tagline. Um, we believe that since we were founded as a women's organization under the TED Women License, um, originally our intention was to promote women in our community. Um, it became such a um, overwhelming um, sense of desire from all aspects of the community to support not only women, but those in the community that are underrepresented. Mm. So um, we've really um, expanded our, our outreach to include all of our transgender community, our, our gay and lesbian community, our, um, our people of color and our age, um, you know, various spectrums of the eight or um, far, you know, young and old. Um, and also to really embrace those that are advocates of these communities that aren't necessarily underrepresented themselves and don't necessarily have a muted voice themselves, but they have a very uh, full heart for setting space for these people. Um, so I love that. That's a great, but I love this. I mean, there's a, I like that t-shirt and the tagline. Do you actually <laughs> publicize that tagline? That is one of our our parts of our mission. Yeah, I love that. One of the things that I I like in, about this show is getting to meet so many different organizers and people who are in the TEDx ecosystem in one way or the other. They they might be uh, a supplier or a vendor or a technologist or something like that. So they get they have a different view of things, and I uh, I love storytelling and I love Joseph Campbell. And I love uh, Hero's Journey, and I love superpowers. So <laughs> I like to find out of of the five big areas that I think we need to be good at as organizers. There's just the organizing, producing, marketing, curating, and partnering. Which one would you say you have a superpower in? Well, you know, you had mentioned those five to me, and it, I don't see myself in any of those five. Really? I, oh, do I? Did I? Well, maybe you see this fitting in one of those places, but I excel at team building. I'm very, very gifted. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I, I know how to hand choose a really well-oiled machine and empower those people to take leadership um, and feel confident in their leadership. So, um Yes, I, organizing, I guess, is where I fit. Um, well, there's, I mean, when you, if you looked at the mind map I have for the show, yeah, it has those, yeah. there's lots of tendrils. Yeah. So let's stay on team building for a second because um, for the first time organizer who's listening to this or the person I'm finding that uh, people who are considering doing a TEDx, right? There's mm-hmm. a lot of material out there and hopefully this adds to that. Um, the team building is so important. What's the, what's the trick to that? I mean, is it just that you know people or do you, do you have a, a methodology for building? Because you went from 6 to 26. So there must be something you're good at there. What, what is that? I just, I have always been, well, I'm very intuitive and I'm very good at listening um, and uh, being 
very sensitive, intuitive by nature. I think I pick up um, not only on people's words, but body language and at their actions. Um, actions are, as we know, speak louder than words sometimes. And um, so I just believe very much in networking and, and building relationships. I've always really, I am not by nature an extrovert. It is it can be very draining for me, um, but I force myself to um, step out of that comfort zone because I know the benefit of relationship. And um, I also had a very, very influential um, professor in my career mm. that um, back in 2004 challenged me for the first time in my life with my own white privilege. And it was very uncomfortable and I had to write this essay for her and it just really angered me and um, I'd never thought about it before stretching my comfortable limits and she said to me um, it is important to know what we're good at but it is also important to know what we're not good at and then to get out of the way mm. and that was very much a life-changing moment for me in my, you know, late twenties, early thirties, where I realized I don't have to be at all. That's not what's being asked of me, but I do need to have enough humility to appreciate that others can do that, which I can't better. <laughs> so I think that really made me an impactful team builder because I put a large picture together with a bunch of puzzle pieces. What a, a perfect way to describe TEDx. You know, <laughs> yeah, when yeah. I, when I think about, um, you know, the the kinds of uh, people that you need to pull around you, and as you said, you know, find out what you're good at and what you're not good at, and knowing there's, I don't know, a hundred different things you, <laughs> you you touch, right? I mean, there's the whole Very marketing true. piece and and Very all that true. that entails. The AV and the technical stuff and all of that that entails. But if you find really good people, then yeah. you know that rocks. Where where are you at on the curating? Do you like that part of it? That is definitely a a talent that I enjoy. Oh. Yeah, um, I'm really again, and I don't want any of this to sound bragging, but I think when you start to identify your strengths, you can speak with them about them with confidence Absolutely. because you know that you also have weakness. Um, but I am good at pulling threads out of people's souls and huh. figuring out what that, uh, what that fragment, that filament is that might be either undiscovered or untapped or, uh, perhaps sidelined because other things have taken precedence in a career or etc. So I really enjoy the curation for that purpose. Um, and I've also enjoyed being a part of setting space for those with muted voices. Two types of people I've, I've found in my short tenure with Ted, two types of people come to seek the, the Ted stage. The first being that which um, desires to promote themselves right. yep. in some way, yep. um, has a book or what have you, has a company that 
you know, this, that, or the other. That type of personality tends to be drawn like a fly to light. You bet. Um, I have enjoyed kind of sifting through that. Um, our organization doesn't necessarily celebrate that. Our organization seeks to find um, those that might not otherwise have ever considered giving a TED Talk. Some of our speakers hadn't even heard of TED when they were approached. They they didn't understand what it was. Would you call them reluctant? Yeah. Yes. There's definitely, through the coaching process, there's definitely bolstering of confidence. Um, I mean, some of these people, I find it so fascinating. They're excellent public speakers. They're either professors or they're, mm. you know, mm. this, that, or the other. They've been in public uh, stages before. But when you ask them to speak about the intimacy of their belief be, system, be vulnerable, right? Be vulnerable. They buckle, their mm. knees buckle, you know? Um, so that gives me goosebumps to work with someone like that because I know that they, that it's in there. And um, if someone could just believe in them and give them space to share that magnificent idea worth spreading, that the world can change. And that's why we do what we do. That's why we do what we do. Right, because you, you find that person and, and you're, I think your ear gets tuned yes. in. And you, you know, I, I know my radar is up with TEDx Santa Barbara. Yes. You know, I get, I don't know how many emails a day. You know, <laughs> when are you doing a call for participation? And you know it's your type one. And I'm looking for the type twos, right, who <clears throat> hadn't ever considered it. Um, yeah, and, and, and there's not, a there's a balance, right? There is. I was to say it's not to say that type yeah. ones don't have a place or a value, um, but they're easy to find. I like looking for that little nugget that. Um, oh, isn't that fun? Might not part have of, been part of the treasure hunt. What, what yeah. What's been your biggest surprise? Um, let's say as an organizer, right? So I mean, of course, there's the overwhelm, but what was the biggest surprise? Well, the personal biggest surprise was um, that I can actually fundraise. Huh. <laughs> I, I didn't really know that about myself. So huh. that was a personal discovery that was, and I don't, I don't mean to say I like fundraising, but, but you can do it. I am, I did it. I was, you know, broke out in hives in a cold sweat for my sure. first couple of phone calls. But then what the surprise was is that people people hunger to be needed mm. and some people the way they can be needed is to write a check i had one woman she's a a very generous philanthropist in pasadena and i was so nervous to call her because i know that everyone probably does and i had put some some feelers out to her and by the time i finally reached her I was so anxious to ask for $5,000. To me, this is like a huge amount sure, of money. Sure. And um, when I finally said it, she just cracked up and literally <sighs> expressed relief. that I w And she said to me, I'm so glad I thought you were going to ask me to make phone calls or, you know, work. She basically was, uh, was uh, relieved uh. that all, quote unquote, all I wanted was a check. And it, it was a light bulb for me that there are some people that that is a pure way of giving. Sure, they, they, sure they, they feel needed and that is a way they can share. Um, 
Whereas the 26 sainted human beings that are about to <laughs> work with me this year, I don't ask for my board to pay to play. Um, I have people on my board as young as 16 years old. Mm. And um, they all have an individual talent that they can share or time my volunteers on the day of can share or some folks in our community can share treasure. So I have kind of lost the anxiety around asking. That was the biggest surprise. And I've really found joy in the fact that everyone wants to share time, talent, or treasure in some capacity. And they, they delight in it. I, I love how you have your three T's, time, talent, or treasure, <laughs> and mine are four W's for the same <laughs> thing, which is wealth, wit, yes. wisdom, yes. and work. Yes, that's right. right. So it's the same. I'm, I'm looking that for that. Right. So in every great story, there's all the good stuff and the, the surprises and things we learn in the teams that we can build and the relationships we have, yet there's always hidden somewhere a dragon <laughs> and um, and I know there's a dragon in your story, but what? Tell our listener who that drag, what that dragon looked like. Well, I would say I have a, a, I mean, a dragon within myself, and that's that I have to manage my own fatigue. Okay. Um, that certainly um, can be wisdom to our our new friends. Um, this is a. I honestly have never worked as hard as I did last year and I've been paid over six figures for my entire career and I was paid nothing. So I, I really worked harder than I've ever been paid or trained to be, um, with my doctorate and all of my other accolades, I worked harder. Um, and that was extremely humbling because I'm also a mommy. I'm also a wife. I'm also, you know, a, a entrepreneur. I have a, a entrepreneur. I have aging parents. I, you know, also, 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 and this is a gift of love. So, um, the management of my own fatigue, um, will be practiced this year. I gained a lot of weight last year. Um, I, you know, I had physical ramifications of, of, changing my lifestyle very dramatically. Any me time went to Ted. And um, it's just that is the dragon is trying to figure out how to still fully be Heather while also letting Ted thrive. So have you figured that one out yet? Or is the dragons just right around the bend? No, um, I think I've, you know, stay tuned. I, I think that by expanding the board, and empowering people with their unique sliver rather than having, you know, six people that were in charge of tremendous amounts. What that, the way that building that board would work is if you had people who were also good team builders mm-hmm. in charge of those capacities. Because they're captains, right? Right. They're captains. And um, last year, the, the, these women, my gosh, they just gave blood, sweat, and tears to serve this this organization. And quite truthfully, we haven't gone into my success story, you know, bragging stuff yet. But it was not possible without the self-sacrifice of those women. But I don't want to see my board crumble. 
you know, not crumble, but break where right, they're right, so right, tired. Right. It's not fair. These are volunteers. So I'm trying it differently this year. We'll see. Um, but I think that the management of the dragon will be to, you know, you are overseeing, you know, fundraising and I've working with her to build her team. And this person is overseeing seeing speaker applications and I'm working with her to get her, you know, infrastructure ready and then I'll set them free. So, so it feels like this is a building year for you. And you kind of get those processes <laughs> and those things in place because 2018 is going to, is you know, right around the corner, right? I know. Um, it's a doing year and a building year. I mean, it, there's no rest for the weary around here. Um, but last year, a little quick history. In 2015, we had the, um, I don't know what the proper title is of it, but the first entry point point, um, license. So we were only allowed a hundred people. We were only allowed to raise 10,000. And from that, I then over the summer from 2015 to 2016, I went to Canada to the main TED event, TED summit. And I acquired the license that allowed us to have 300 plus and raise up to 20,000 per sponsor. Right. Right. So under that ability, we grew from 100, 10, 100 people, $10,000. We grew last year to 500 people, $80,000. So we your did budget that. Was, was 80K. Yes. And you so we raised did, all of that. We raised all of it. Nice. And we did that in less than a year's time with a first-time licensee. I had never been the licensee before. I did not know what I was doing. So me and these, <laughs> these and six women. And you rocked it though, right? <laughs> We rocked it. There you go. But yes, there you go. me and these six women pulled that off, which I look back on it and I just, I giggle with like shock. It's just shocking. Our listserv has also just continued to grow and grow and grow. The momentum around what was begun in 2015 is so commendable to this community. It's really something that they can all be so proud of. And so this year, when you say, is it a building year, I think it's more of an, an empowering year. Okay. Rather, last year, I kept it close because I didn't know what to expect. And this year, I, I know all the nooks and crannies, some more intimately than others, but I know the sure. nooks and crannies, and I feel that I've paid very close attention to my community and who would be good at each task. And now we're going to um, put them all out in motion. So you are, you technically are a veteran because you, you've done it and you've done more than one. (laughs) I don't feel like a veteran. (laughs) (laughs) What, what advice would you give to a first timer then? Um, I made some thoughts on that. I would definitely encourage first timers to reach out to mentors. That's how I met you. Yep. That's how I met, you know, beautiful TEDx Lincoln, Randy, um, some of these folks that have done this either in their past or currently doing it consecutively, there is wisdom to be had there. I love that you're creating, uh, this kind of format where we can hear from one another. So reach out to your mentors. Um, 
and and really let those veterans guide you and and give you food for thought, uh, warnings, cautions. Use the hub. The TEDx yeah, hub yeah. is fabulous. Um, I'm overwhelmed by that and the Facebook community at how you can just put the smallest question out there and right? everyone cares Ba-boom. to answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Much more active special. than my friends and family. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um, I would very much encourage going to the main TED, um, whether if your community can help fund you to get there or if you have the personal ability to go, it's very, very worth it. Um, being Seeing it firsthand done in that magnitude and then also – being a part of that woven together fabric of humanity is mm-hmm. insanely empowering and is, uplifting. And you come home just ready to be that tired because you know what the value is. You know why it's important. And then lastly was just to pace yourself. Um, you know, set intentional time each day, you know, four hours, whatever you can afford each day for TED and set the timer. And when you're done, walk away. Um, empower your team and, and trust them to be doing what they're doing. What are you most looking forward to this year in your next event? Mm, expanding our scholarship program. Oh. I'm really uh, excited what we built last year. We, we invited girls ages 13 to 18, underrepresented girls in uh, mostly public schools um, to join us fully paid for. Um, and we sought patrons in the community to pay for their tickets. And then the girls applied for, uh, an ability to be with us. They wrote an essay and through the essay, we invited them to come and speak at a bookstore, um, in front of friends and family thinking they were just competing, competing. We didn't even use that word, but having the opportunity to sure, um, receive sure. this scholarship. And then we surprised one of them with the opportunity to be a TED speaker herself. Oh my gosh. And it was life-changing for that young lady, wow. as you can wow. imagine. Sure. Um, but what we're expanding this year is we're offering more scholarships, but we're also um, building into it a mentoring program. So there's going to be a one-to-one relationship built between the scholarship recipient and a, a an adult mentor that will be present. And we're hoping that that will plant a seed of relationship between the young woman and the mentor so that they can then continue through the use of our salons to come together throughout the year and deepen that relationship. So I'm really excited for that. I I love that, that whole idea. I'm, you know, I, I have to say I am in this wonderful position of being the host of the show and getting to talk to people like yourself. I mean, I get to do my own show as well, so <laughs> I've got my four hours a day. But, uh, you know, uh, but uh, being able to sit and have these extended conversations is so valuable. And, and hopefully people will learn from this and we'll get to, you know, we'll get lots of different people on the show. Um, and so, I'm eager to listen to all those people oh and get goodness, ideas yes. from them too. <laughs> there you go. Uh, uh, one of the, uh, you know, the show's called Hacking the Red Circle. And, and hacking is, uh, it, the way I interpret that is how do we do more with less? You know, how do we make that look like a quarter of a million dollar show 
knowing you know we only had fifty thousand dollars or eighty thousand dollars or only had ten thousand dollars and how how do we do that how do we value engineer it and how do we hack it like what are the things so what i've asked each person is to give me one hack uh eventually i'm gonna have all the hacks put together and that'll be our our hacker's guide to tedx but what's your best hack um i i knew this question was coming and i don't have a great great answer i think i'm still trying to figure out the hacks um i would say that along the lines of people want to give people want to share people want to be a part of people want to be near um there's many ways to capitalize on that. Um, our way of doing it has been this interactive social space that we build into our experience. So we've tried very hard, and it, it makes our day larger, but we've tried very hard to expand outside of the TEDx theater um, an opportunity to diminish the awkwardness of meeting a new person. Mm. So... Um, we have tried to build experiences where you're kind of lost in the moment of, of a fun experience. And I'll give you a few examples. Uh, and in that you find yourself next to a stranger and now you're just experiencing something together and a natural conversation starts and then the introduction. Oh, mm, I'm Heather. Mm, nice to meet you. I love that. Um, so the hack there is that people are very eager to participate in this. It is a way for them, uh, you know, for example, we had a wonderful group come and set up a 3D printer uh, a couple years ago. Um, we didn't ask for any money. They weren't there as a partner, but they, they stood there all day long and allowed people to come and tinker with this 3D printer. And it, it created uh, knowledge for our community about them. It created knowledge about us to them. And, um, you know, it, it gave everyone a brand new experience and an opportunity to, to meet a new friend. So it can be as simple as that. And that cost us no money. It right. was a very exciting right. experience for people. And it cost the people joining us no money. In fact, they got a lot of publicity out of it. Um, we invited Tesla for example, to come and give test drives, which, you know, we saw at TED Summit that BMW did that. Um, it was very fun for two strangers to get in a car. Oh, yeah. They were so yeah, excited yeah. to try oh, and go gosh. off and then a whole conversation begins. Sure. And we have friends, people that are still friends to this day from that experience. So it's that? things like, yeah, I do. Do, do people it, stop you in the grocery store? Um, yes. They do me like Trader Joe's. <laughs> They'll say, oh, what are we doing this year? Oh, I had so yeah. much fun. And, uh, oh, I really like that guy. I mean, you're just like, yeah. and, you know, you, whatever, you know, you might be busy. I've got to get home. i got to get dinner going, whatever <laughs> it is. But you just want to stop and celebrate that yes, little slice true. of community. I, um, one of the things I'm really interested in is uh, – if you had all the time in the world and you could go to any TEDx in the world, which TEDx would you like to go visit? I'd go to Melbourne. Ooh. I'd go to Beacon Street. Okay. Um, I'd go to Vail. Uh, probably go see some of my friends that I made in Canada this year. Right. Go to their, right. Uh, right. you know, Barcelona and uh, 
New Delhi and, you know, I'd love to go see my friends in action. Um, Melbourne, Beacon Street and Vale, I am very interested in their format. I'd love to see that tier two in action and, and what is what it means um, to be able to have adventures. And uh, We're going to have them on the show, so you'll get yay. that. That's part of the reason I asked the question is good, let's, good, let's good. go and talk to those people. Great. Heather, thank you so much. Oh, I, this Mark, time has just evaporated, went on us very, <laughs> very quickly. And uh, I, I've learned, you know, I, I don't, I haven't paid enough attention to building a board, build, uh, building a board. And so I, I learned that. So thank you for that. Good. Thank good. you for spending well, always a little a joy. Slice with us. And uh, thank you for mentoring me. You're amazing. Oh, <laughs> keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so I love it. So thank you very much uh, for joining with us. All right. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to Hacking the Red Circle. Have an idea for a guest for the show? Or would you like to tell us your TEDx story? Just drop me a note in an email to mark at hackingtheredcircle.com. Please be sure to rate, write, and review the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. Makes a huge difference. And share the show with your team as we seek to grow our audience around the world. Until next time, this is Mark Sylvester, your host for Hacking the Red Circle.